everybody. Welcome to Curly Girlies Cracking the Kid Code with Atara and Grace. I'm Atara, founder of the Curly Girl Movement, author of the Curly Girly book series, and owner of curlygirly.com, spelled with two E's at the end of curly and two E's at the end of girly. And I'm here with my amazing co-host and good friend, Grace Cross. Hi, Grace. Hi, Atara, and hi, everyone. I'm Grace Cross. I'm the owner of The Baby Spot, the only global parenting magazine. And you can find me at www.thebabyspot.ca. And we have an absolutely lovely guest today who's working on behalf of women everywhere. Atara, who do we have? Grace, audience, we are honored to have with us today, Julie Finn. Julie is a champion for women and moms as they navigate their way through mothering while finding balance in their professional lives. Julie is a chief mentor at the Working Mothers Mentor Organization, where she supports women entrepreneurs in helping them to build successful careers and find the right work-life balance. Julie is also the host of a popular podcast called The Working Mothers Mentor, where she interviews high-impact authors, entrepreneurs, and executives, and provides listeners with concrete advice and strategies for growing their careers while juggling their personal lives. I was recently a guest on Julie's podcast, and I can tell you it was fun and interesting to talk with Julie. So we are so happy to have you with us today. How are you, Julie? I'm awesome, and thank you for having me on your show today and for that lovely introduction. Oh, you're welcome. Oh, it's so great to have you. So we were hoping you could start with telling us just a little bit about how your very interesting career got started, because I know life often takes us on circuitous paths. So do tell us yours. Well, absolutely. And so thank you guys. I'm excited to be here. And my career path, if you look at it, is definitely not a straight line. (laughs) And I think, you know, with the sort of like the luxury of hindsight, I can kind of understand what was going on. But for me, I think there's always been this part of me that loves business, is very entrepreneurial, loves innovation. And there's this other part of me that really cares about social impact. And I've always been sort of doing this dance, trying to figure out how to do both. And so my career has both sort of corporate strategy, corporate marketing, and then I also spent time working in nonprofit. And then now I've sort of transitioned into leveraging all of that experience working at big companies from Fortune 100 companies to big international development agencies, tons of education. I've taken all of that and I wrap that up into how I serve my clients as a coach. And so it's been a oh, really wow. interesting career path, but it's it's so fascinating how even things I did because I was doing like really hardcore corporate strategy, I still leverage some of that thinking or the way I solve problems in the way that I, I support my clients. So it's, everything is worth it, uh, but I definitely do not have a linear career path. No, not at all. But you know, that always makes for the most interesting careers, most interesting people. So we love that. Oh, Absolutely. So well-rounded. Right. Thank you. So you're going to have to tell us, Julie, like what exactly is a working, the working mother's mentor? So I'll take you back to one of my last big corporate jobs. And I worked for the Coca-Cola company, which is here in Atlanta where I'm based. And I was on leave. I have three kids, but at that point I had two and I'd had them pretty close together. Ah, And I was thinking I was just coming in to have coffee with this really awesome executive that I used to do some work for in Latin America. He'd mm-hmm. moved to the Atlanta office and I walked in, we we're sitting down, we we're chatting. And then he tells me this story. He says, you know what, Julie, I was on the treadmill <laughs> <laughs> thinking about, I really need a chief of staff and your name immediately popped into my head. Oh, wow. oh my gosh. <laughs> exactly. He said, because you would know what to do when Mutar, who was the CEO, he's like, you'll know what to do when Mutar calls, blah, blah, blah. And you know what I thought at that very moment, first I was excited 
And then my heart sank. You're like, <laughs> yes. how am I going to do all this? <laughs> how am I going to do this? Because I thought I've got two kids under three at home. Wow. Right. My husband works full time. Right. I just couldn't see, like, as soon as he said, you would know, know what to do when Mutar called, I said, no, because that might be like 11 o'clock at night. Like, no, I, I can't. No, I really won't know what to do. I really won't know what to do. Right? I'll be crying. I'm like breastfeeding a child. You know? Exactly. Right. The CEO on the phone. Right. Um, and so, you know, when I, when, I, when I think about this story, now that I know what to do, what I should have done is gone and said, oh, that's, I'm so honored. Let me think about right. it. And I should have run back and talked to my coach or my mentor. Right. Instead, I just looked at him and in a panic, I said, oh, you know, thank you so much. But no, I said, no. Okay. Just right away. No, right, away. right away. Right away. I said, no. And it sort of sent me on this journey where I realized over time, working, finally working with coaches and going on retreats and doing what I lovingly call my journey of transformation is I realized that the way I looked at work-life balance was it meant you had to play small. Okay. And I realized in talking with other women that so many of us had been basically educated to think that work-life balance meant you had to play small in your career in order to have the time and capacity uh. To take care of yourself and your family like there wasn't a way to do both so sort of like you can't have everything so if you're managing a household and rearing young children then your career somehow has to take a back seat was that really what your thinking was that's exactly right mm -hmm. and you hear people talk about mommy track jobs or you know right. all kinds of language that people use around it right and basically what it means is we say we take the foot off of the accelerator now for some people that's awesome and that's where they should be right but for a lot of people and a lot of my friends and myself included we, we get frustrated and we feel like is this all there is Right. We did right. what we were quote unquote supposed to do. We went to the right schools. We paid our loans. If we had them, we pay our taxes. We right. eat our vegetables. We worked long hours when we needed to, to get promoted. Like we did all that stuff. And then bam, the intersection of our career and kids kind of sent us into a tailspin. Yeah, it's true. And we find with um, a parent, uh, parents who are much older than us who have parented that they, um, once they re-enter the workforce, they're 10, 15 years out of the game and the game has changed. And then they find themselves taking on these um, starting roles again. They've almost been demoted yes. for being stay-at-home parents. I think that's so true. It's a huge issue. And again, there's no judgment. There are a lot of people for whom right. that's the right decision, but there are a lot of people left who feel like they are stalling, who feel yes. like they are made for more, that they want to play bigger, but they just don't know how. Because here's the thing, all the fancy degrees in the world don't equip you for how to be a working mother. So you were asking me why I started the Working Mothers Mentor. Yes. That's why, yes. because I was reading blogs and then I was reading like the comments and blogs. Like I was desperately searching for answers. I wanted someone to tell me, how to do this. So you couldn't find answers. So you decided you're going to start the answers. That's exactly right. <laughs> I love even, that. Because even when I would go to conferences or hear other speakers, I could tell they weren't talking to working moms. They'd be talking uh, about playing big and they're like, you know, get up at 5 a.m. and do this and do that. Or, you know, all the kind of advice I was getting didn't work for the kind of life I had. And I knew I wasn't alone. So I decided to create those resources, whether it be the podcast, which is, you know, free and where I talk to a lot of great guests or the coaching services where people who really want that sort of one-on-one -on -one support. So it was really about creating an array of services and ways to support moms who are were in the same place that I found myself in about 10 years ago. I like that. And, you know, I want to make very clear to our audience and, and also, of course, to each other, I, we're all saying that being a stay-at-home mom or putting your career 
you know, on hold, that's totally fine if that's working for you. So that's not where you're, you're not saying at all, Julie, that that isn't a path because we all believe that to be a wonderful path if that's where you want to go. It's really more that if you also have ambitions that are not just in the home, you want to have the right tools to get there while still being the best mom or parent that you can be. Isn't that it? That's exactly right. And I'll tell you the truth. Again, it's very much a personal decision. So for me, I tried to stay home for a little while. Uh And I sort of had this pivotal moment where I dropped the boys off at school. And then I also had later another child, a daughter. And I remember she said one day, she said, yeah, because daddy goes to work and you go to Target. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. (laughs) If only it were that easy. (laughs) Exactly. And I said, oh, no, ma'am. No, ma'am. And something in me sort of like kicked in the high gear and you know what I went back and got a corporate job again (laughs) after that because I was like no ma'am no ma'am I need you to see the fullness of who mommy is and so mommy does go to Target you're right Right. we drop the boys (laughs) we often stop by Target but right. mommy, that's just you know, one of your many jobs. That's only one of my many <laughs> skills. That's why right, I want you to right. see the fullness. And so oh, it, it's really, sweet. it's also learning to, you know, feel comfortable in your decision and have confidence around the decision that you make for what your career is going to look like. Right. That's, that's so that's true. That's a great point, especially for moms. You have to believe in yourself yes. before you start up. And both Atara and I are working moms in, in different capacities, right, Atara? Like, oh, yes. We, Similar and then different. <laughs> yes, exactly. And it's interesting how you get... Um, to that point, and Julie, it's great that you're inspiring these moms because I think a lot of people, we see in the news parents um, who have tried to um, parent their children whilst working, and it's either taken as a, I mean, some um, lawyers that I know have brought in their children to work with them and um, have been scolded for it. And then others have put their children into childcare for 12 or 13 hours a day and have been scolded for it. So society seems you're kind of darned if you do and darned if you don't, right? Right. What's your advice to parents who just find themselves so stuck when society's so judgy? Yeah, that's a really great point. And I will say that the starting point is you. It's figuring out what you and your partner, if you have one, what your priorities are. Because at the end of the day, one of the things I'm really a strong believer in, and again, I didn't understand this 10 years ago, is that actually you can create whatever life you want. Like there's no yeah. right, there's no right answer because I came from a background where there was definitely a right answer, right? I went to a prestigious <laughs> business school. Mm-hmm. There was like a definite right answer. And in deciding not to like basically shoot for the C-suite myself, that was the wrong answer, okay. right? right? And so the, the starting point is absolutely figuring out what's the right answer for you. So what your values are, what you want your life to look like. And then after that, it's really about putting strategies and, and processes in place to create the space that you need to show up the way you want to show up. So if that means you need to ask to work part-time and part of your strategy is that you condense your work in a certain number of days a week, then that's what works for you. If that Mm -hmm. means leaving paid work altogether and either staying at home or being an entrepreneur where you have ultimate control over your career, then that's the path for you. So one of the things I do when I work with clients Mm -hmm. is the starting point, which often surprises people, is figuring out what you want your life to look like. Like I want you to give yourself permission to create the life you want. And so many, particularly working moms, are stuck in this notion that there's only one answer. Right. There's one way. And you give permission for people not to have perfect, but to have their best life. You know what I mean? Not perfect from what other society is. You give them permission to basically say, 
this is a judge-free zone. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And we often are our own worst judges and our own worst critics. So sometimes it's not, it's about, you know, we say they, we're like, but who are this magical they? Who are they? Right. And, and, so and they are so ingrained in our mindset and the way that we think about life that it's like, because I have a lot of clients like this and it's something like, it kind of goes like this. Well, I went to Harvard Business School. I can't not have a VP title at this point. Right, right, right. There's this they about what it means. And so there's a lot of sort of rewriting the story of who you are and what your life is supposed to look like. And I know it sounds kind of woo-woo, airy-fairy, but it's so empowering when you're able to say, you know what, honestly, because I had to go through this and I had to say, you know what, honestly, happiness is a really high value for me. Like I believe in happiness more than status. Like happiness is a high value for me. And I had to be okay with that and be okay with the fact that I was going to start to align my life and the way I spend my time and my resources around that value, for example. I love that. And maybe also uh, something that we all need to learn is to not let perfect get in the way of very good. Yeah. Right? Mm. Atara says that a lot. (laughs) I do. And it's good. It's important. That's awesome. I actually just did a whole member, Atara, I was saying I do teaching episodes. Atara and I were speaking briefly before this interview. And one of the interviews, one of the teaching episodes I most recently did was about perfectionism. Because I absolutely agree that, you know, perfect is really the enemy of done. Yes. (laughs) It holds you back so, so much. You know, I, I, I tell that to my children because, you know, we're in a society of like, the straight A, like that's how you're going to get into the best college. And I, and I always say to them, you know what? I want you to take a step back because you're not going to always get perfect. You don't need to. Let's lose that. Let's just get out very good. You don't need to get, you don't need to get a hundred. It's okay. I'm one of those rare mothers. Sometimes I have a little like weird guilt around it. I'm like, is that okay that I just said that? I think it's great. <laughs> you know, she's so good. Such a wonderful mother. My father used to say to me when I was in school, he said, Grace, I'm going to tell you something. And he was, you know, a business graduate from a big uh, Canadian university. And he said, um, Grace, the C student, the A student is always the employee of the C student. Yeah. And that's, that's because often the, C, the case. Yeah. It's true. C student went out and, and, and joined clubs and, and sports and was very social. And, and I'm not saying all A students, but some of them, I mean, you're stuck studying 24 seven. You might not be getting that part-time job where you're getting the exposure to speak to other people and interact and just learn life skills street smarts. So it's very, very interesting. So I think that's a wonderful lesson to teach your kids because they're very good is, is almost the family's perfect. I think, I I think that's true. And I think there's also more than one way to, right, to get where we need to go as people, where our children need to go and how we need to guide them. It's not a a what one answer. So for some kids, it, it's maybe getting those straight A's, and for other kids, it's, it's okay. They'll get the B's, and they'll get to the top in a different way, and that will be perfect for them. But it might not be perfect in the traditional way. That's okay. Absolutely. And Julie, you have such an incredible resume to be helping so many mothers, not only across the United States, but around the world. So you were also in marketing with some of these top tier companies. Can you tell us a little bit about your history? Yeah, absolutely. And so I've been really fortunate to work at some amazing companies like the Walt Disney Company, and as I already said, Coca-Cola and Deloitte. And what that means is that I got to work alongside some really incredible, smart, 
inspiring, particularly women, but leaders, both male and female. But what it also meant is I had the opportunity to see what the future could hold. And I always had this sort of thing in the back of my head that said, but I don't really aspire to this. You know how they say, if you look ahead where you're working and you don't see a job that you want, then maybe you're in the wrong place. Ah. I had to learn very early to be comfortable and to have the confidence to make pivots that weren't always obvious to folks. So to leave higher paying jobs to go work in nonprofit or to move overseas to do things that weren't always the obvious thing. And so in some ways, it was a real luxury that I, I essentially got to start at kind of the top, right? I got yes. to start in a really prestigious uh, strategy group at the Walt Disney Company where I would, you know, I would give presentations to the CFO, the CEO. I mean, really, I couldn't go any higher. And right. I saw what that was. And I said, this was great experience. I'm mm-hmm. learning a ton. And I don't want to be this when I grow up. Okay. I, right. I think that's important to honor it's that. so inspiring too. It just shows that, Julie, because when you speak, we can hear your joy and also your confidence and it's infectious. <laughs> and so it's amazing to hear um, this transition and just say, you know what? I got the biggest names under my belt but it's time for something else. Time for something else. Right. Yeah, now, that's to be clear. I wasn't always this confident. There were certainly <laughs> moments. There were certainly moments when I thought, what in the world did I just do? Yes. Or I'd go into a presentation and I thought, uh, you know, the kind right. of stereotype. Of course. Is, you know, I'm not sure that these numbers are right. <laughs> you know, <there's> certainly, <laughs> I don't want to make it sound like that it's just been a bed of roses. I mean, it's right. really been a journey and it's been work and it's been personal development work. It hasn't just been kind of, oh, I got older and I got gray hair and now I have this confidence like I've had to really do work around it and that's part of the reason why you hear this sort of passion is because I meet so many amazing smart women who say I don't know that I can do this whatever that is because I have kids or because I'm taking care of aging parents or because I have a health diagnosis myself and so one of the things I'm really passionate about is equipping people. It's one thing to be inspired. I think that's super important to see examples of what's possible, but then you need to be equipped. Like I'm a big, like, how do you do that? I'm like, I'm right. so happy for you that you did that, but how? Oh, <laughs> yes, <right>. yes. <laughs> I'm right. a big how person. And so one of the things I'm kind of confident about and also dedicated to is I create a lot of free resources. So the podcast interviews are free. I oh, have wow. free guides on my website. I'm about to roll out a new free masterclass about work-life balance, how to play big and have work-life balance. I'm rolling that out. That's going to be on my website soon. So it's a lot of about taking all of these lessons and all of this learning and then codifying it in a way that's easy to understand. So there are three steps to do this or five steps to do that. I I think that's super important. Yeah, because you need the actual nuts and bolts of it, right? Not just the idea of it, but the practicality of it. And I'm curious, was there ever guilt for you when you left, you know, that world, that high powered world, because, you know, you went to those great schools, was there ever this, oh, is this okay that I'm doing this? Did you ever have that feeling? A ton. Oh. So, and the, and this yeah. I love whatever. how you say that so honestly. Thank you. <laughs> There's a ton of guilt because you feel like you can't get it right either way, right? Yes. So mm-hmm. there was a ton of guilt when I felt like, plus I feel like particularly as an African-American and from mm-hmm. the South and my father was an immigrant, like I had all these things where I knew I was standing on other people's shoulders right. to get right. to where I was. That right. I knew that other people made sacrifices for to you. open doors right. for me. Right. Like there were all kinds of things that went into me being able to have the education that I've mm-hmm. had. Mm-hmm. 
And so there were definitely moments when I thought, particularly when, as you get older and you look at your classmates and you're like, oh, well, they're an SVP and I'm not an SVP at some big <laughs> right, company. Or that, right. you, know, you, you have this sort of, and it's not that you actually want that person's job. You're happy for them. But you think, well, what have I done? And what am I supposed to be doing? And it's so interesting because I hear it all the time from clients. And so there was kind of the guilt on that side of, am I playing big enough? Am I doing enough with what I've been given? And then there was the guilt on the other side when I would play bigger in the way that I thought that meant. I, I know better now. Um, mm -hmm. And I would travel <laughs> a lot or not be at home or whatever it was. Then I would feel guilty because I had, I had three kids under the age of four. That's how close together. Oh, my wow. Gosh, that oh, is that's close. So, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, really close together. And so there were times when I couldn't be as present for them as I wanted to. Right. And then I would feel guilty about that. So you either have career guilt or mom guilt, and I would kind of just kind of go back and forth. Right, right. <laughs> and it's exhausting. It's exhausting. It is. And, it is. Um, and it's pointless right? Because it doesn't achieve it. It doesn't get you where you want to go. No. That's for sure. That's for no. sure. So what's your advice? Because I, I love how you said, um, you know, entrepreneurs are have the luxury of creating their own time, but not everyone can be on, an entrepreneur, right? And not all moms have that luxury. And so what's like your best advice for them? So that's a fabulous question. And that sort of points to what I was saying earlier, that you craft the life that you want. So for mm -hmm. some people, it's I'm on that corporate track. And look, I want mamas to stay on that track. I want to see mamas in the C-suite. Right. Mm -hmm. And right. then for yes. some women, it's I want to start a business and I want to start a small business, a big business, whatever works for them. I want to see mamas do that. And then for other people, they say, you know what, the way I've set up my life, I really want to be a full-time mom for a season. This is what I, I'm going to do. And so right. for, for each of those buckets of women, there are specific strategies, but I'll tell you a couple of things that sort of cut across all three. Okay, is great. One, one of the things I said before about getting clear on your priorities, and it's partially because you have to be okay with your decisions. So okay yes. with walking away from that job offer, okay with not starting mm. that business for five years, even though you wanted to start it last week. So first right. you have to be really clear about your priorities, which I'll tell you for a lot of us, we do that in high school or when we're applying to grad school perhaps, but by the time we're sort of 30, we're kind of just surviving. A lot right. of people right. we're just, you know, we, we're not taking the, the step back to do that. Two is I think it's really important to combat imposter syndrome head on. And imposter syndrome is basically this sense when you feel like you're kind of faking it. Uh, it yeah. generally shows yes. up generally <laughs> shows up for people at work and at um and for entrepreneurs where you kind of feel like gosh if people only knew that I don't really know this. <laughs> you know? And what that does is it creates tremendous amount of stress and strain. You don't ask for what you need. You're scared right. to leave work wow. when you need to because you don't want people judging you as you run out mm -hmm, to mm -hmm. be the last parent at daycare. Right. Or the other thing it makes you do is it makes you afraid to go after the promotion. It makes you afraid to start the business. And so it's a huge issue that I, I talk a lot about with my clients. And then the, the third thing that I think is super important is to say no to mom guilt. And I know that's easier ah. said than done, but I, I feel like mom guilt is this term that we kind of, it kind of bounces around, but we don't actually do anything about it. Like we don't right. have strategies to tackle it. We just know that it's there, like this right. little thing sitting on our shoulder that we carry around. But I really support my clients in turning around, looking at it in the face and combating it. So those are three. I mean, obviously there's a lot more to it. And for each bucket, you know, I have different strategies for each group of women. Right. But across the board, I think starting there um, is magic. It, it creates so much change in how you feel empowered to make decisions for yourself just by starting there. Oh, you grant these people the freedom, freedom. you know, of saying yes. goodbye to the they 
yes. whoever they are. Yes, <laughs> right. And start saying more about themselves and making decisions for themselves and for their family and what they want to do with this um, occupation of theirs or, or their passion or you their know? life really yeah. absolutely because you've got to do all that honestly for all of the work-life balance time management hacks for all that kind of stuff you know for all the advice about your color-coded google calendar and time batching and blocking and all you know i could list like a 10 different work-life balance time saving strategies for <laughs> All of that stuff is awesome, but it's predicated on the belief that you are happy about the life that you are creating. Yeah. So you got to do both. You do, or you have a mansion on sand, don't you? Yes, exactly. And what about those to-do lists, right? That you have, and then you just totally forget to look at them. Because you're you're overwhelmed, right? You're overwhelmed. Like I really, like in, in terms of how I support clients, Combating overwhelm and burnout yes. is so important because you're not going to operate at your highest. You, it's so much better to do fewer things well than to try to do halfway 10, 20, 50 things. I so agree. Right? Yeah. Fewer things well. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, here at Curly Girly, we're all about finding balance and empowering ourselves to be better parents. So give me a good tip for how you yourself relax that maybe some of our audience can can jump on. Oh yeah. Well, you know it's so interesting as you uh, it's a good segue from the conversation we were just having about to-do lists. I I I'll be honest, I love a good to-do list. <laughs> <laughs> me too. <laughs> me too though I do confess I often forget to read it. <laughs> well, I sort of live with mine and I'm still like a paper. Is it a paper one? I was just about yes, to say is it a paper still one? Still <laughs> paper. Yes. yes. I'm a paper and pen kind of person. I mean, I do have a color-coded Google Calendar. I do have It's um, not the of, same as that pad, right? Right, not the same as the oh, pad. True. I always have pencil or pen and paper, and that's my to-do list. And one of the things I've had to learn to do is what I just said, I do less. So I used to have sort of 10 big goals for a day and then a whole bunch Mm -hmm. of minutia. And I I made a conscious decision in the past sort of year to say, you know, each day I have three goals. Oh, I like that. I have three kind of biggish goals, things I need to tick off and accomplish. There might be some minutia in there, some emails that have to be replied to, things like that. But I have three goals. And there are a couple of things that happen when you do that. One is there's a a whole body of scientific research that talks about switching costs. Basically, when you switch from one task to another, all the efficiency that's lost, all the brain power and focus and concentration that's (laughs) lost. And I used to be the queen of switching. You know, we we brag about multitasking. Multitasking, right. Mm -hmm. I don't do that anymore. When I'm working on something, like when I'm working on this masterclass, for example, when I created this masterclass, like I will block a time and that's all I do. So I'll have three big goals for a day. So wait, Julie, you won't answer emails. You won't no. pick up the phone. You know, no. I have to learn to be no. like that. Oh, yes. I'm feeling, I'm feeling a teachable <laughs> moment for me. Yeah, I no, like that I a lot. I, I like that. Because look, emails come in on the other person's time, their timeline. Yes. And they had the time to sit down so and read true. the email. So what I do is I actually put time on my calendar. And here's the thing. I don't start my day by replying to emails. I will read them in case there's something mm-hmm. urgent or somebody needs something, but right. I don't reply. The other thing I've given myself permission to do, and this was a huge one because I came from some very type A corporate environments. I may not reply to your email for 24, wow. 48, 72 hours. And that was hard for you in the beginning, super I'm sure. Super hard, super <laughs> hard. Because I used to think the faster I replied to the email, the better professional you knew I was. Right. So if, right. if I was on it, you know, I right. saw your email, I replied, I dropped what I was doing and I replied. And if I replied in under an hour or two, oh my gosh, I was like super. 
right? And mm-hmm. I've had to learn that it doesn't matter. So I also batch when I reply to emails. And so I reply to emails at the end of my day because my brain is better in the morning. Okay. Uh, I do all of my thinking work, all of my podcast interviews. I do all of that in the morning. And okay. I do things like admin, replying to emails. I do all that later in the day. Oh, wow. You know, this makes me feel so good and gives me permission because (laughs) Tara and I being colleagues and great friends, we're emailing each other so late in the night. Yes. (laughs) Yes. It's like yeah. 10, 11, 12, 1. We're still at our computer. Oh, yeah. We're yeah. just like, yeah. <laughs> and sometimes I'm like, Grace, you got to go to sleep. And she's like, so do you. <laughs> and I used to do that. I used to do that. And then I was burning out. Yes. yes. It's hard. It's it really is. hard. I just, I, I just had to do it. And I find that when I batch, when I reply to, you know, eight emails, I can do that in 15 minutes. So this is, a, this is already a strategy, like a practical advice. And I like that. And I'm actually going to work on that myself because the idea of just waiting and not replying instantaneously is something that I think a lot of type A people need to learn how to do. So this is this is great advice already. Um, I'd love to talk for a minute about, you know, you and I met somewhat through our My Curly Girly books, and I know you have a curly girly. So tell us a little about that. So I have three kids, two right. boys and a little girl. And my Aww. little girl is definitely a curly girly. She's a nine-year-old. How should I put She's got a big personality. (laughs) So so one of the things we are working on is channeling her power (laughs) in the right (laughs) ways. Um, But she's awesome. She's a mighty curly girly. And she's actually really proud of her curly hair. I'm so happy. Yeah. And she's just, um, and and don't get me wrong, as you know, from the great work you do, Atara, that there are struggles. And there were definitely days when she was younger, when she wanted that straight hair. Oh dear, yes. Right, yeah, and and course. the curly hair also means it's shorter, so it takes longer for it to grow to look as long. So that she definitely had days earlier. She's now nine. I'd say sort of five, six, seven, mm-hmm. where there was a lot of oh, I want my hair like so and so in my class. Or yes, so-and-so. right. And so there was right. definitely a lot of work to do around helping her love and appreciate her curly hair. Oh, good. Well, I'm glad that she is. You know, we'd love to have her anytime as Curly Girly of the Week on our website. Yeah, we would love that. Thank you. I'll definitely do that. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And and you know what? I can say um, it's going to be like a lifelong something that she has to work on. It's just the way it is, right? We all have to work on our appearance and how we feel about different aspects of who we are. And that's okay. But having moms who understand that from the get-go really helps change inner dialogue of our kids as another thing I love to say, right, Grace? <laughs> Absolutely. You know what? And the, you say it and it's such a pearl of wisdom and that's why I love it. Um, and also like to add about Atara's both, actually, she has another book coming out, um, but uh, Atara's books. Yeah. The, the, cur- the second one in the series, the Curly <laughs> Curly right. series. That's right. It's going right. to be a series. <laughs> right. So, um, but I find it also helps a lot of adult women too. And we have mm. to acknowledge that because it really um, takes our, li- to have a confident Curly Girly like look at Julie. She's so confident and just full of joy, but also wisdom that her daughter is coming out to be like a real mighty curly girly. I love that term, by the way. I I like it. I'm going to adopt it. (laughs) It's yours. Thank you. (laughs) So it's so important that women are also a confident and their natural appearance when you're making these big business decisions, you feel good about what you have and, and just kind of like having the best curls you can. Yes, really. And and every aspect, like like I said in the middle of the show, and I want to end with that, just finding balance and empowering yourselves to be better moms, dads, so that you can have children who grow up to be who they need to be is really what what we're all about, right? So Julie, you've been such a great um, 
you know, addition um, to this conversation. And it was enjoyable and informative. And I personally am going to adopt some of the things that you're talking about. So thank you. And just tell us quickly, Julie, where our audience can find you specifically, like your website and your podcast, please. Thank you so much. And thank you both Atara and Grace. This has been so fabulous and I'm so inspired by the work that you're doing. Oh. So to learn more about me, you can go to my website, theworkingmothersmentor.com. There you can access free resources like this masterclass that I'm talking about and I have additional resources. It's also where you can learn more about the podcast, where you can see who the guests are and you can access the podcast directly. I'm also on pretty much every podcast platform that you can think of. The podcast is also called The Working Mother's Mentor. We, we so love the branding. Love the it. Branding <laughs> on every podcast platform. And then just following on from that, I'm on Facebook and Instagram at The Working Mother's Mentor. You make it Marvelous. easy for us. <laughs> easy. So feel free. I would love for you to find me on Facebook and connect with me. I'd love to hear more about your journey and how I can support you. Amazing. Thank you so, so much again, us. Julie. It's, it's been a real pleasure, hasn't it, Grace? Oh, it has. You're such a joy, Julie. We hope to have you on again. I would love that. Thank All you so right. much, guys. Take, Take care. care. Bye, Bye for now. Bye. For now. Bye.